Good morning, and happy Father's Day. Thank you, fathers, for all you do for your family. You are a very, very important component to their well-being. My father passed away in 1995, and there are many moments that I would just love to go do an activity with him or just hear his voice. You may have some similar sentiments. In fact, with little effort, I can remember some of the expressions he sought to use to influence my life. You probably have your own list. Rise and shine. The early bird gets the worm. Or his version of that most often was, on deck. Well, failure to get out of bed was sometimes met with water poured on my head. I tended to wake up pretty quickly after that. Here's another one. Don't forget to check the oil. Now, remember, I grew up on a farm. And so there were many tractors, trucks, cars, mowers, other small engines. And I heard that phrase a lot. Two wrongs don't make a right. Ah, I hear some of you nodding on that one. This was usually said right before a more severe form of punishment was coming for me. Don't make me stop this car. I knew if he did stop the car, something else was just getting started that wouldn't feel very good. However, as I remember, it was always my brothers and sister that made him say that. (laughs) Just kidding. Go ask your mother. After which I often heard, go ask your father. (laughs) Then, were you born in a barn? Of course, this was when I should have shut a door. You know there's an urban version of this, right? I'm not paying to heat the whole neighborhood. Well, I miss my father. You may be here today on Father's Day, and you have conflicting thoughts and emotions. Not all family um, circumstances are positive. Sometimes parents let us down. Sometimes we let them down. But I think most dads are just reflecting many things that they learn from their dads, and most are trying to do a job that's very challenging and often, at times, unappreciated. There's no perfect father except the heavenly father, is there? But if you hold your father, or any other person for that matter, in high esteem, there are most likely very good reasons. And I asked a few people this past week how, you know, why they thought highly of their father. Here are some of the answers that were given. He was a responsible man and a hard worker. He met the needs of our family. He shows love, and I feel he shows me respect. Someone else said he started a Christian legacy in our family since he was the first to accept Christ. Without him, I might not be where I am today. Another said he's always trustworthy, loyal, honest, and a hard worker. Another said he was authentic. What you saw was what you got. Another said he's faithful to take care of family and is generous when seeing a need. 
and then one that really gripped my heart. He was the same at home as he was at church. No matter what answer was given, I noticed a truth. Each of the answers had a connection to integrity. No one admired his or her father because he was a bad person. Each characteristic given could be in some way traced back to an attempt to live a life of integrity as a parent. Our scripture today is found in Proverbs 20, verse 7. It's a simple verse packed with powerful associations that affect the very fabric of family life. And it centers on the father. Here's what the verse says. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. Would you read that verse with me, please? The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. I want you to tuck away a short phrase in your soul today and hopefully act upon it throughout the week. Here's what it is. Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Would you repeat that with me? Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Put another way, today's decisions and behaviors create tomorrow's reputation and outcomes, especially when it comes to family matters. Billy Graham is perhaps the most well-known evangelist and spiritual leader of our time. It's reported that he was asked, what were the three greatest things that the church needed to work on today? His answer was extremely telling and was composed of the following words. Integrity, integrity, and integrity. I would like to study this verse with you today regarding the topic of integrity through a series of questions. It's my hope that no matter what activities you do, whether you're a man or a woman, you would um, glean some things from this so that your reputation is one of integrity. The first question is, what are the key words to understand in this verse? One of the greatest ways to understand God's word is to study the meaning of words and then look at how they're associated with each other. The first word is the word righteous. Righteous. This means doing what is right, just, or lawful. A righteous person, from God's viewpoint, uses godly standards for life and behavior. And the designation of being righteous is given when the thoughts and deeds are approved by the person who's made the standards. And it's God who has the right to make the standards since he's the creator. Have you accepted this? As a church, we've been in the process of learning about those standards called the Ten Commandments, and it's a series that we have been on. I hope that if you have not been able to listen to them or you've missed a few of them, you'll go to uh, edgewoodbaptist.net and listen or download the Edgewood app and glean from those messages. They're excellent, and you'll learn a great deal. The second word is the word walks. 
These are the actions and behaviors of life. This word is used to denote the everyday activities of a person, knowing that every step in life takes you somewhere. Integrity is the third word. This word denotes sincerity, completeness, and truthfulness. It's used to describe a person whose decisions and actions are in alignment with God's standards or their stated beliefs. In other words, there's unity between what you say and what you do. This Hebrew word is used 30 times in the Old Testament. And it's the theme of our message today. The fourth word is the word blessed. This signifies inner satisfaction and happiness. This same word is used in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, when King David was describing the wonderful gift of forgiveness. Here's what he said in those verses. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. A blessed person is someone who feels extremely fortunate. So let's refresh ourselves with our theme. Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Would you say that with me again, please? Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. So with this verse, what does integrity mean for a man? A father who has integrity, a man who has integrity, a woman who has integrity has thoughts and actions that match the standards of what is right, just, and lawful. And when a father has integrity, it greatly affects how happy his children are. Being a person of integrity is a worthy goal and in life and comes with so many blessings for a family. A father with integrity will positively influence his children's lives in so many ways. And when a man or woman lacks integrity, their influence is diminished and often ignored. The opposite message then of this verse causes me to wonder if many adult children have decided to ignore or reject Christianity and follow their own path because they came to the conclusion that their parents' Christian integrity is flawed or hypocritical. If that is a reality, that person has regrettably tossed the baby out with the bathwater. If that is you today, I hope you'll take your eyes off your earthly parent. And focus on the Heavenly Father, who has your eternity's happiness in view. He reached out to you and to me through Jesus Christ. And he offers the blessings of forgiveness and acceptance. So what does integrity look like for a Christian father or a parent? Someone has said it's easier to understand what integrity is by giving lifestyle examples. So let's just list a few. You could list a a number that even are not on my list. First, 
He teaches God's standards and then seeks to live by them. Having integrity assumes a code of conduct that is always under evaluation. Secondly, he admits when he's wrong and he seeks to make things right. He recognizes that to be human is to be imperfect, but does not let that become an excuse. Being a person of integrity does not mean that you are perfect or I am perfect. No one would be able to completely fulfill that standard. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. King David was said to have integrity in 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, but he certainly wasn't perfect. He did, however, seek to learn from his mistakes and allow them to make him closer to God. Another element of integrity. He keeps promises, even if it takes extra effort. He often puts others' needs way above his own. He gives others the benefit of the doubt. He remains faithful to his spouse. He shows respect for others, especially those who are in subservient positions. He treats others the way he'd like to be treated. He doesn't broadcast the mistakes of others, and he doesn't take advantage of the mistakes of others. He knows that something. He knows uh, that the way something is accomplished is as important, and sometimes even more important, than the end product. He does what is right, even when no one is watching. He shows humility, especially in the face of accomplishment or compliments. He does not live by the saying, do as I say and not as I do. Wouldn't you want a father that had all of those qualities and more? Would that contribute to your happiness to have that type of person as your father? It's so important to choose integrity for a blessed legacy. I was very fortunate to have a father who had integrity. He showed a lot of integrity, though he wasn't perfect like none of us are. Let me give you two examples. I remember many times our family would go camping, and often as a Boy Scout, I would go camping with our scout troop, of which my father was the, the scout master. And upon leaving the, the place that we were camping, he always said the same thing. Let's leave this campsite better than we found it. Now, we went to many campsites where I know the previous people did not live by that philosophy. Another time when he and I were was doing a, a concrete project at the church that we were attending, I remember him saying about that project, this is God's house. And I want to do this job at least as good as I would do it in my own home or better if I can. That meant putting in more time, taking care of more details. I knew we were most likely the last to leave to make sure that things were cleaned up and finished. And I didn't appreciate that when I was young. 
but now it screams of integrity. And I am so proud that he showed that example to me. Integrity isn't always popular, but it's always needed. Another question. Why are his children blessed? If a man has integrity, how does that translate into blessing his family, his children? There are too many reasons to give today, but let me give you some that have affected my life. You can have your own list, you can make your own list, and I hope that you will do that and use it to say thank you to your father if he's available. Number one, they live in the realm of respect rather than contempt. Duplicity or being two-faced breeds inconsistencies, anger, and contempt. Children of a father with integrity have less stumbling blocks and frustrations from hypocritical parenting. Many families have a lot of anger due to hypocrisy. Anger is often the seedbed for all kinds of wounds and hurts and ultimately can fuel relational walls of contempt. Here's another reason children are blessed. Love is felt and needs are met. Parental responsibilities to nurture relationships are taken very seriously and performed daily. And there's great satisfaction in knowing that someone significant loves you, accepts you, and is willing to sacrifice for you. Do you know I just described the Heavenly Father to us, didn't I? Third reason. They have a godly moral code that presents a clear path of right and wrong. They have helpful criteria in their moral decision-making process. They've been taught and have established relational support to help process ethical needs. Another reason. Conflicts are resolved due to making things right. Relationships in a family with integrity, have peace and harmony because tensions are resolved and forgiveness is granted. Another reason they're happy is they experience security that comes from a life of integrity, reliability, and consistency. They feel secure and protected because they're not in fear of something that's unknown or some sort of secret sin. And the last one I listed, the value of selflessness is shown and the destruction of selfishness is taught. There's great joy in doing for others and not expecting anything in return. Now there are many more reasons that could be given. To have a father who has integrity is a a great blessing that will multiply into many times of happiness and satisfaction. I know it was in my life. So we've been learning an important truth today. Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. A good question to ask now would be, what are some things that assault a man's integrity or a woman's integrity? Does integrity have enemies? What's your answer to that? Yes, absolutely. Let's look at some of them.
the first, an unwillingness to be a growing disciple of Christ. What is a Christian disciple? It's a believer who lovingly follows Christ and intentionally helps others follow him. God's intention for Christ is that he be our earthly example to follow. He is someone who experienced life and knows the temptations that cause us to go astray. Yet he was victorious over those and wants to help us be as well. Here's something else that assaults our integrity. An unbelieving culture that elevates self and demotes God. We are assaulted daily with messages that take us down unhealthy, sinful paths. Temptations abound to neglect godly pursuit and just live like the crowd. Here's another one. Temptations of thought that say, Your choices just don't matter. The truth is, choices always matter when integrity is at stake. Remember, every step we take moves us in a direction. But is it the right direction? Temptations of thought are another assault that say no one will know or find out. God always knows. And in time, others will as well. Another assault is an unwillingness to deal with spiritual and relational challenges and problems. We all have the capacity to choose. And with God's help, we can choose profitably. But to leave problems undone, current, assaults a person's integrity. Taking the easy way that indulges the flesh and makes excuses for issues that should be changed is another assault. What's easy is not always what's best, is it? And believing the end justifies the means is an assault on our integrity. It never does because someday this gift that God has given us called life will be called into accountability. What then? Please remember this. Integrity is forged by our reactions to temptation and designated through the eyes of evaluation. And in a family, there are many eyes. Because integrity is always under assault, we must choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Would you say that with me again, please? Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. And fathers, to a large extent, the happiness of your children is greatly affected by your ability to live a life of integrity. Henry Bosch told the following story in a number of years ago in a Daily Bread devotional that we often give out here. Here's the story in his own words. As a schoolboy, I worked with my father uh, during the summer months, and each morning we stopped by a grocery store to pick up the edition of the newspaper. One morning when we got to work, my father found that by mistake, he had taken two copies instead of just one. He first thought of paying the man the extra price the next morning as he got the next day's paper. 
But then, after a moment's consideration, he said, I had better go back with this paper. I don't want that man to think that I'm dishonest. He got in his car, he drove back to the store, and he returned the paper. About a week later, someone stole some money from that grocery store, and when police pinpointed the time that it occurred, the grocer remembered that there were two people who were in the store at that time, and one was my father. The grocer immediately dismissed my father, Henry said, as the subject or as the suspect saying, that man is really honest. He came all the way back here just to return newspaper he took by mistake. The police then focused their investigation on the other man who soon gave a full confession. Henry finished the story by saying, My father's honesty made a big impression on that non-Christian store owner and on me. Such is the reputation of a person with integrity. To be a person of integrity means to be someone who's completely honest, trustworthy, reliable, and dependable when others are watching or not. So, another question. What do I do if my integrity has been damaged? Now, all of us are imperfect, right? And it doesn't take much to damage our integrity. Well, first... Confess your wrongs to God and others. The Apostle Paul said in uh, Acts 24.16 that he sought to live his life to have a clear conscience before God and before man. To be human is to make mistakes and do wrong. It is when we're not willing to own them that we lose respect. From others and show others that we do not have integrity. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to say to your wife or child that you've messed up if you got angry with them and yelled at them. When you confess your wrongs, humility is seen. Confession is evidence that you have a deep understanding of what the harm you've done. And this is hard to do, isn't it? But it's also characteristic of someone with integrity. Second thing you can do. Know that it will take determination and effort to create integrity. You'll need to work on specific weaknesses in order to have specific change. And being diligent to make changes show that you care about what God cares about and how your actions affect others. Is it easy To not be a person of integrity, just do what feels good all the time. That's exactly what our carnal nature urges us to do. Third suggestion, know that it will take time to create an integrity reputation, but it will be worth it. Take it one circumstance, one day at a time. And even if someone important to you never admits your attempts to be a person of integrity, God sees it, and he will ultimately bless you for that righteous behavior. 
You may be asking another question in your mind. What if you look back on your relationship with your father and there was a lack of integrity? May I give you again a few suggestions? Number one, don't live in the past and blame your parent. There may be a lot you do not know. Allow God to assess a person's life and give just outcomes. That's what a person of integrity would do. Secondly, you can learn from that type of an example and determine to rise above that experience. Let it motivate you to be someone who's known for behavior that translates into a reputation of integrity. You get to make your own choices about the type of person that you're going to be. And with God's help, no matter who you are, you can develop a reputation of a person who lives with integrity. Number three, look for father figures whom God has put in your life to fill in the gaps. This could be a neighbor, a teacher, a pastor, a youth worker, another family member, a friend, or just someone who's exhibited integrity and it's rubbed off on you. God places these people into our lives and we should thank God for each one of them. It would also be appropriate to let that person know that they have positively influenced your life. So have you mentally downloaded our theme today? Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Will you say it with me, please? Choose integrity for a blessed legacy. There was a story of an ancient Roman army tradition. When an officer would inspect his men, the soldier would acknowledge his superior by striking the breastplate of his armor with his right fist and then shout, Integritas, or Latin for integrity. The officer would listen to the tone of the breastplate metal that was produced by that action. Since the breastplate protected the heart, it was vital that the armor was strong, gave a certain sound signifying metal strength or metal integrity. The lesson was obvious. If you want to be safest, you can in battle. It's the integrity of your armor that will protect your heart. This principle is reflected spiritually by a verse in the Bible that each of us should know. It's found in Proverbs 4.23, and here's what it says. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And by spiritual extension, your heart and integrity has a connection that is undeniable. So, what can we take away from this today? What kind of action steps can we make sure that we're doing so that we are not only hearers of the word, but doers as well? Number one, decide today, I will be a person of integrity. Perhaps no one else has challenged you to make that decision. But if you make that decision, it's something to live up to. 
fathers, grandfathers, be engaged and grow in God's standards of righteousness. Stay the course if you're living by integrity. And fathers-to-be or young fathers, take seriously who you are becoming. Right now, you're laying the groundwork for being a great father or a lousy father. And you can leave a legacy of blessing to those God has entrusted to your influence. Second action step. Submit to growing as an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ. This, of course, starts by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and responding to God's call to look at your soul's need for forgiveness. Nothing will make you happier than to know that you are right with God. Nothing. And that you'll be in his family, destined to be there forever. To be a person of integrity and a disciple of Jesus Christ is strengthened by daily Bible study, by participating in groups and church attendance. And maybe it's time to commit to be discipled by a more mature believer, or you would meet with them often through our intentional discipleship ministry. If you're interested in that, talk to me about that. Submit to growing as an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ and be intentional in integrity growth. Third action step. Make things right with God and with people. Make things right with God and with people. If sin has damaged your integrity, humbly confess that. Confess that in your sins and shortcomings to God and to the people that you failed. Accept forgiveness and repair your reputation by making things right and growing in God's grace. It will set you above the crowd as God exalts you because of your humility. The fourth thing that we can do is follow the golden rule in your relationships. Jesus said to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Luke 6.31. And this will create integrity and help your reputation to be godly because you are concerned about how you are affecting other people. And number five, give thanks to God and others who have shown and taught you integrity. This could be a father, could be a husband, could be a wife, a friend, a spiritual leader. Maybe even one of your own children has taught you integrity. There will come a day on this earth where you will not have the opportunity to tell someone how they have positively influenced your life. So action steps, decide today to be a person of integrity. Have you done that? Submit to growing as an intentional disciple of Jesus Christ. There are specific things that you're doing to grow. Three, make things right with God and people. Is there any unfinished business that you have with anyone? Make it right or your reputation will, will be degraded. Follow the golden rule in your relationships and give thanks to God and others who have shown and taught you integrity. I hope that you've been challenged 
and made a decision to today to choose integrity for a blessed legacy. Would you pray with me, please? And right before we do that, you may be here today and you've said, I do not know Christ as my Savior. And I recognize that my sin is ever before God and I need forgiveness. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And what he asks us to do is repent of those sins and turn to him by a prayer of faith and ask him to be our Savior, trusting in the fact that he died on the cross to pay your penalty and mine. And he is willing to give you forgiveness for every sin that you've ever committed and ever will. But you have to approach him. He has already approached you. He's already died on a cross for you. And to accept Christ as Savior is to pray a prayer that would be something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I have violated your laws. My integrity has taken a hit. But I recognize that Jesus came and died for those sins. And I accept the fact that he paid the penalty for me. And I'm trusting in Jesus right now. In his death for me and his burial and resurrection. And I accept forgiveness through Jesus Christ as I accept him as my Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer similar to that, please do it right now. And if you have prayed that prayer today, please come and talk to us about it and share with us so that we can rejoice with you that God has saved you. But most of us here, I think, have already done that. We've already accepted Christ as our Savior. How is your integrity? Is there anything unfinished that needs to be going on? Have you become lax in your intentional discipleship? making sure that you're doing the things that cause you to grow in integrity and righteousness. Whatever God has spoken to you about, act on it both now and every day this week and choose integrity for a blessed legacy. One last thought. Give thanks to your father if you can do so today. Talk to them. Thank them for what they've done. Give them a call. Remember, they're they're not perfect. But then neither are you, neither am I. But if they have done something well, make sure you thank them for what they've done for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can call you our Father through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that as our Heavenly Father, you are obligated to look over us and help us and make a place for us with you and your family for all eternity. Thank you for those blessings of forgiveness that we can stand righteous in your eyes through our faith in Jesus Christ. But in our daily walk, help us this week to choose to walk a life of integrity. Knowing that it's going to affect those who are around us and especially those in our family who constantly see us and watch us and learn from us about how life is to be done. Bless us, God, as we seek to live a life of integrity before you and righteousness. And use us this week to positively influence others. And this we pray in Christ's name. 
Amen.